am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Final word, day 46, World Cup final day. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon, Ron the camera, Gantry, looking out across the sun-kissed lords. The shadows were lengthening across this famous ground some hours ago and they continue to lengthen. And the game continued and continued and continued some more. It's all for Seabus Super, the industry. Super fun hitting your retirement for six. I haven't anything left, but Jeff, what I do know is that we've not just witnessed the greatest World Cup final of all time. We've just witnessed the greatest one-day international ever played. What a privilege. Try your hardest to sum that up in 30 seconds, buddy. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Before I start, Edgemaster 99 is gone. Uh, <laughs> it, you're right. This was the best limited overs game. Maybe, maybe the best cricket match, I don't know, ever played. 30 seconds? What can I say? It was a tie. It was a tie. 241 each. New Zealand batted first and made it. England batted second. They looked like they were going to fall over. New Zealand were all over them. Then they battled through. Then they collapsed at the end. Then it was a super over. That was a tie as well. 15 runs apiece. They ended up doing a count back on boundaries. A run out off the last ball of the regular innings. A run out off the last ball of the super over. New Zealand should have the trophy, but they don't because the rules have been changed. I mean, there's they should the, be sharing it. Surely, I, I think they should be sharing it. In any it. previous World Cup, they would have shared I, that trophy. I, I won't be popular for saying this, but I don't. I don't like the way it's resolved tonight. I feel a bit empty, not because I don't think England are worthy champions, but England were also worthy champions. They've tied the game twice. They've tied the game twice in front of a packed Lords on the most perfect day. I, I think sometimes you need to acknowledge that a tie is a tie is a tie, and. If this can't be it, then what can be? Yeah, and if, if you can't separate a team after two goes, after 102 overs, I understand this countback mechanism for a reason, but I, oh. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this, as brilliant a winners as England are, and as wonderful a moment as that was for English cricket, not least with Jofra Archer, deeply emotional moment with Jofra Archer at the end. Look, I, I think you can look at it one way, which is in this last few days, New Zealand have played a one-day game over two days and they played a one-day game that went for 102 overs. They're they're the masters of unconventional work. You're absolutely spent because you've been yelling about it on radio. You're you're befuddled. You don't know what to do. I was down here on the camera gantry watching those last 10 overs, so just just a bundle of nerves. I was running up and down between deliveries by the end because I didn't know what to do with my body. I had a security steward telling me I had to calm down or I was going to fall off the balcony. I was dancing to the music in between times. It was manic. Everybody, all the ICC people, everyone was losing their minds. That was absolutely bizarre. Our Lord's start of cricket on the most incredible day shall long live in the memory and the history books. A final congratulations to England Let's try to work through the game a little bit in terms of what went on. New Zealand yep. won the toss and batted. Didn't surprise me because they'd beaten India that way. They could put pressure on that way. Uh, Marty Guptill's had a horrible World Cup. He he made a good move in that he told Henry Nichols not uh, to review a leg before, and that saved Henry Nichols. He went on to make 55. Martin Guptill then got 
leg before himself and had one of the worst reviews we've ever seen. Which Nichols him. told him to take. Yeah. So, you know, that I mean, uh, yeah, there's sometimes some reciprocity when it comes to the DRS. We saw it there and it, and it didn't work out well for New Zealand. It was it was pivotal. <laughs> Halfway up his shin, um, on off stump, I reckon. Nichols said, I think it's going down leg. It was going dead straight on uh, off stump, people. So, you know, that uh, that didn't work out so well. Guptill gone for 19. Williamson only made 30. And there was and Plunkett got him. Liam Plunkett, who's been so important through the middle overs, nicked him off. And you thought at that moment New Zealand were in real strife because their champion batsman had only made 30. And Ross Taylor goes for 15. Which was going over the top. And they're of, in the sewer. Which just to add about, I mentioned the review being costly. Ross Taylor was given out from a ball that was going well over the top of middle stump, but he had no review to play with due to the aforementioned howler from Nicholson Guptill. And I, you know, I don't want to speak ill of any player today, but that was really important. Uh, Tom Latham was really the saviour. He battled a fair bit, but he started to get a bit timing at the end. Clipped a, a lovely six off his legs over mm. mid-wicket. He made 47 um, and got just that little bit of support from Nisham and de Grandom, the, the all-rounders, to get them up past 200. Uh, so they got up to 241. It looked like it would be light. But yeah, I, you know, mean, I thought England would stroll it in four down. Well, you, I mean, well, that's one way of interpreting it, but the surface was tough, so it was never going to be an easy chase. I saw what you were tweeting at the time, but it was a very challenging surface, which bit from early on and it still had pace in it. And we saw at one stage with Mitchell Santner had to leave the last ball of the innings because it came rearing at his head, uh, uh, a fantastic bumper uh, to complete the innings. So there was still in, plenty in it for the bowlers. And we saw that when New Zealand came out with their two new balls. Matt Henry did a Jimmy Anderson impersonation, beating the bat routinely at the start. Trent Bolt should have had Jason Roy first first ball of the reply. It was plum leg before, but having not been given on the field, not enough of the ball was smashing leg stump out of the ground. I'll tell you what. By about a millimetre. Leg stump would have been cartwheeling had it not struck his pad on the way through, but the vagaries of the DRS were such that Roy continued. He didn't last much longer, but um, with Bairstow falling and then Root in quick succession, Root was completely frazzled. Likewise, Morgan, they both tried to hit their way out of trouble and neither of them did it successfully. Root nicking behind a ball he should have done anything but throw the kitchen sink at. Yep. Morgan, who looked deeply troubled from the moment he arrived, ended up holding out from Jimmy Neesham's first ball, struck a deep point. So De Grandholm with the ball after struggling with the bat couldn't get couldn't get couldn't get anything on it early on. Yep. And then Neesham, likewise, it was a really a day for these unheralded all rounders. Well what what a bizarre period of play it was. De Grandholm bowled ten overs for twenty five runs. Yeah. One for twenty five. In a row. In a row. No one could get him off the square. Joe Root seven off thirty balls, soaked up five overs through seven. Morgan nine off twenty two. They were both limping along, just blocking out overs, and they'd really dug their team into a massive hole because by the time they were gone, it was getting up towards seven and over. Stokes was trying to play himself in, and it was only it was Butler who saved them because he came in, made fifty nine at a run a ball, um, and, and was the only one timing it that day. Yeah, they were gone. They were gone at four down. They were gone at four down and 10 overs after that due to the scoring rate. As you say, Butler went up the gears and gave them something they could work with. Whittled down the runs required to inside 100, which I think psychologically had an effect on Ben Stokes. He started picking up his game at that point as well. And we've seen Stokes play some really mature and controlled innings through the course of the tournament. This was the best of the lot. I went all the way to the final ball. I can't believe we haven't touched on the final over yet, but... Well, we'll get to it. We're going to get worry. there. I mean, I don't know how long this podcast is going to run today as it a consequence. It doesn't matter. We can do what we want today. <laughs> they can't touch us today. Fair enough. But uh, alas, it meant that all the pressure was on Stokes when Butler eventually holed out. I can't remember what over it was in. Might have been the 45th over, if memory serves me correctly. It was, it was one ball to go in the 45th. So they, right. had, they had 196 on the board at that point. So they needed another 45. 
Butler goes, and then it's uh, it's Stokes with the lower order, and there are a couple of really clever little plays in there where you know Wokes basically sacrificed his wicket. He had a big go at one, got a top edge up in the air just to get Stokes back on strike. Oh right, I didn't read it that way, but okay. Uh, maybe I was watching a different game. But that's fine. So Stokes gave his wicket away. Well, uh, Wokes, I, sorry. I think I think he was thinking either I hit a six or I get out. Right, but right, either right. way, I've got to get him on strike. And then Plunkett plays a lovely shot through mid-wicket. Just about the shot of the day. Yeah. Uh, and then he holds out to Trent Bolt, I think it was, that's possibly. Right. <laughs> but even his Plunkett makes 10 at a run of ball, which yeah. is vital yeah. at that point. Absolutely. The and then Rashid runs himself out in another sacrifice play. Did to the right thing. Diamonds up to get Stokes back on strike. And then it comes down to... 15 runs from the final four balls. Well, it comes. what it comes down to is with nine balls to go, Stokes hits a, a long ball down to long on. It's in the air. Trent Bolt's under it. He stands oh, yes. under it. He stands under it. They need... I think they need 15 at this point. 15 off nine. Um, no, 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 no. It was 15 off four. Yep. So this was back when it still needed like 22 or something like that, which reinforces just how far ahead in the game New Zealand were at that exact juncture. But yeah. instead of well, being... It was, nine, it was nine off four when the overthrows happened. No, it was nine off three when it thought so it was fifteen off so fifteen off four, they hit a six and they hit a six again, which we'll come to. So they needed three off two balls after consecutive sixes. One conventionally, one very, yeah. very unconventionally. Yeah. This is the penultimate over we're right. at where 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 woke we're not wokes, where Bolt steps on the boundary sponge. Like we're talking heel on the sponge, throws it up in the air to Guptal, but instead of being out and being all but game over, instead it means that New Zealand still have to defend, I think it was 16 off the last over, and then it came down to, after a dot ball in there, it meant that Stokes needed to find a way to conjure 15 runs off four, just clears deep mid-wicket into the mound stand and hit a six, and then next ball, with nine to win off four, he hits a couple out to deep mid-wicket, the throw hits the back of his bat, and spills away for four. Suddenly, New Zealand have gone from being in an impregnable position to having three runs to play with in the last two balls, with Ben Stokes still out there, and they somehow salvage that. There's two brilliant runouts from Trent Bolt, who's bowling the final over. He twice kept his composure, stood over the stumps, took the bails, and it meant that we had a tie on 241. You can talk about the 1975 final that went to quarter to eight for as long as you want. By this point, at quarter past seven, We'd already experienced the greatest World Cup final there ever was, and that's even before the Super Over. I mean, I was on air at the time, and I, I mean, I still can't quite comprehend all the various component parts. It was a, a staggering end, and, and the four overthrows, Ben Stokes didn't want them. He put his hand in the air and said, that's cool if I don't get these runs, but in any, any ordinary circumstance, had it gone to a fielder, he wouldn't have run, but yep. he had nothing he well, could that, do. That actually nothing the could have done. That actually happened the over before. A ball hit Ben Stokes he didn't at, run. as he was going through for one. Uh, and he didn't get back for the second to get on strike mm. because he didn't take that extra run. He did the and right th- thing. And then there's the one that, that's hit him. So, you know, in this incredibly bizarre sort of uh, set of circumstances where you've got the, a, a six that should never have been until Bolt steps on the rope. And he did have the option to throw it up to yeah, a fellow yeah. fielder and didn't get it away before he got his I don't think he knew where the rope was. I think he thought he had another step in him, which yeah. is just one of those things, isn't it, out there? So, so that's, what's that, 40... So that's with nine balls to go at that point. Um, and then... Joffrey Archer's out bold the next ball. Uh, then there's the conventional six, as you say, halfway through that last over, and then that accidental six. It, it's with the overthrows. So two of the most unconventional sixes you've ever seen. But then England should win the game in regulation, shouldn't they? Yeah. Three off two balls with Stokes on strike. You're kind of thinking yep. he should get there, but on two occasions, coming back for the second, yep. 
on both occasions, the on, the non, and that, obviously they had to run. Yep. The non-strikers run out. Two throws. Sartner was the first one. I think Guptill was the second one. I stand to be corrected on that. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Both times, Bolt, presence of mind to well, hold his pose and the, run the best the, one the out. The one run out's at the non-strikers end, right? So he loses uh, Rashid at the... No, he loses... Oh, oh gosh, it could be anyone. Now. All I know is that he picked up wickets 9 and 10 yeah. from the last two balls and yeah. both came via run outs. So at that point, it's tied and we have this new invention that we go to a super over. Uh, they send Stokes back out because he's warm. They send Butler out with him. Who better? You think England have been training to hit from ball one for the last four years. They're obviously going to romp in a super over. They smash 15 from it. You know, hard work for Bolt to back up and, mm. and bowl another death over. And they get a couple of boundaries away and get 15 and you think that's it. And then out comes... Guptill and Nisham. Nisham takes strike and hits one of the biggest sixes we've seen of the day off Joffre Archer, way over off his pads. Beautiful shot over deep mid-wicket. And let's put in perspective how rare sixes were today. That six you mentioned down at Long Arm, which Bolt put his foot on the rope, that was the first six England hit in their entire innings. The only actual six they hit, obviously, the other one was six in the book, but via four overthrows. So Nisham... Wide first ball, second ball, deposits it 30 rows back into the mound stand to our left Nearly here. hit the scoreboard, actually. Huge the, the old, wallop. The old analogue scoreboard yeah, out there. Yeah. And, nearly collected and, that on and, the and by that point, I think he hit a couple more into the deep. And now it's suddenly New Zealand need three off well, two balls. He basically got a two off. Every, because, and, and it was Guptill getting that because Guptill was running beautifully. Guptill yeah, was yeah. off like an Olympic sprinter the second the ball was bowled. And didn't even look. Just came back for the second every time. So they get three twos from that. Uh, Nisham's got, what, 15 off four balls. And then he gets one one where he can't do anything but get a single. So there's one ball left. He's got the single. There's one ball left, and poor old Guptill has to face one ball. Yeah, so Guptill needs two off the last ball. So Nisham's got... They've got 13... Of, sorry, rather, 14 of the runs they need. 13 off Nisham's bat, wide as well. plus the wide. First ball of the Super Over was so, a wide. But the, the thing was, three off two and mind. two off one really literally meant that because the tie wasn't going to be good enough because yeah. of the boundary countback. So the last ball into the deep, Guptill had to face it because yep. Nisham couldn't get back for a second run from the penultimate delivery of the Super Over. So suddenly, Guptill hasn't faced a ball in the Super Over, yep. run, run, ran beautifully, yep. but all the responsibility on his shoulders from the last ball, and squeezes out the full delivery, Archer holds his nerve, they come back for two, of course, and he's short by no more than a foot. Butler had a fair bit of work to do. That was the margin between... Uh, you know, victory and defeat, astonishing. It was, and, and, and it felt kind of unfair on Gutsel to send him out because he's been in miserable form. I would have thought maybe Colin de Grandom or someone who, you know, maybe has a better chance at, at but maybe they knew Archer was bowling and de Grandom's not so good against real pace, proper pace. I thought a few things there. I thought one is running. Gutsel's still the fastest runner on the New Zealand side. They yeah. always talk about that. And maybe that's why they started him at the non strike. And I also thought maybe that they shouldn't have taken one down was on account of, you know, often you see a wicket first right. or second ball of a super over, but. Had their time again, I think that if they knew what was going on, it probably would have been Williamson because if you want two off the last four or three off the last two, it's probably Williamson who can yeah. who can manipulate the field a bit better than Guptill in the form that he's been in. But, I mean, we're second-guessing now on a basis of something that they couldn't have possibly really planned for. Not They might have thought about a super over, like you do a penalty shootout, but not that kind of super no. over. So much had come before it. It was so dramatic. I mean, you would have seen the game if you were listening to this podcast, I'm certain, but... You'll have some sense of the of the theatre at the end, and they did the best they could. And again, they, they tied on 15. New Zealand didn't lose this game in regulation, and they didn't lose the tiebreaker. They, they tied it twice. If you haven't seen this game, you will see it. I, I reckon Channel 4 will replay it about 80,000 times, because I'm sure, they're, <laughs> I'm sure they're allowed to. They were allowed to screen it today. It'll be on free-to-air for the rest of our lives. Um, I know you can be caught up in the momentum after a game like this, but... 
given that drama, given how much it swung back and forth, given it was New Zealand's game uh, all over, it was England's game all over, when Butler and Stokes were together, they were just going to cruise there. And then to come down to a tie, and then a second tie, and how well New Zealand played, and how well they held their nerve, and, and then those little fluke moments of fate that took it away from them. It is the most dramatic and ridiculous one-day game, I think, that's ever been played. Yeah, we talk about the 75 final out here with Derek Murray and Viv Richards, and the famous Lillian Thompson partnership at the end, and, and we hold that as that up as the exemplar of World Cup finals. Uh, there's been so many um, disappointing finishes, and, and today we saw the beauty of a, of a low-scoring clash where there was a genuine balance between bat and ball in a 50-over game where it wasn't a protracted T20. It was the, the best of 20-over cricket messed with the best of test cricket at different periods of time, certainly when New Zealand had the use of those two new balls and they were defending just 241. We saw some incredible fielding. We saw the athleticism around the rope. We saw some brilliant catching in close as well through different parts of the day. We saw supreme swing bowling. We saw some exceptional fast bowling. Three bowlers bowled above 152 kilometres an hour today. We saw all-rounders. There's a place for a bowler like Colin de Granholm in the modern game. We saw an all-rounder like Jimmy Neesham who nearly quit the sport 18 months ago, nearly winning a bloody World Cup at Lords in the Super Over. There's almost nothing we didn't have today. 50 over cricket is so maligned. It's such a, a, a whipping boy for our sport and it proved today it has absolutely a place like we said off the top, it's the greatest World Cup final of all time by the length of the Flemington Strait. It's the greatest game of white ball cricket ever played at the international level. Um, I'm so glad we were here to savour it. I'm so glad we're documenting it here today. Um, I'm bloody exhausted, but I mean, I'm just... You don't know what to say. I'm lost. I think this, it's probably a good time to end part one. Jeff, how about this? We've got a new spin on Nerd Pledge, but it's sent through by our great mates at Seabus Super. Really? Tell me what we've got. 9.29. Okay, so that would have to be 9 for 29, which mm. would be the New Zealand batting collapse against Pakistan when Yassir Shah took 8 for. That's very good for him. You're spot on. But 9.29% is also Seabus Super's average annual return for their default investment option over the last 34 years. I did not anticipate that completely organic segue, goodness me. Uh, do we have another number? We do, actually, as it happens. Uh, 50. Okay, 50 is probably the most common number in cricket, maybe aside from naught, so that's not too clear. But maybe it's the good bit of Bradman's career in between the debut at the Echo where he sucked and then the last test where he made a duck. Very nice. Right again. Also, $50 billion is how much of their members' money CBUS currently have invested. Well, I've learned something new. CBUS Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. You can visit cbussuper.com.au to find out more. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider a CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Breather. This is the final word. World Cup Daily, day 46. More chilled and calm. And no, why, nah. why be chilled and calm? We're, we're standing nah, on, why? on the camera gantry where we watched uh, England win the Women's World Cup in 2017. They've done the double in 2019. We're here to see it again. What an absolute privilege. Um, and, and what a privilege to have everybody listening along to the show the last six or seven weeks. It's been, it's been an honour to help walk you through what's happened when you get up in the morning or when you're kicking back in the afternoon, wherever you are around the world. We, we're yeah. very grateful for all that support. And we're going to do it all again with the Ashes um, we are. during the test matches, and we're looking forward to that as well. Yeah, so it's not goodbye. It's just see you later for the time being. But we have some see formalities. You on see you on Thursday. 
Thursday at the women's, the day one of the women's test match at Taunton. But um, we have some uh, formalities to, to tend to, Jeff. We have the podium finish and the votes that you've been tabulating through the course of the afternoon. Yep. Um, who has been, who wins the Hall of Fame? I think we've had some tweets in saying the Hall of Fame should be won by New Zealand for the way they conducted themselves today. That's a very valid point, but um, the democracy... The process cannot be undermined. Who came third, second, and first? Talk us through. Well, I think we can say that the World Cup final is the final word Hall of Fame entrant <laughs> for today. Absolutely. Because we will never stop thinking, hearing, talking about this for the rest of our lives. They'll be playing this game in 50 years, and so they should. Um, in, in Group 1, we narrowed it down to three groups of three. Uh, Sheldon Cottrell's epic catch in the deep was in there. Joffre Archer having the ball go for six off the stumps was in there. The winner with a whopping 45% of the vote, MS Stoney choosing to play a leave to a delivery <laughs> with 30 balls to go and they needed about 70 runs from them that against England That might reflect our Twitter following to a certain extent, but that's okay, that's fine. That's, it's the final word Hall of Fame. That's, <laughs> that's what gets voted for. In, in pool number two, so this is, these are the podiums. Uh, in pool number two, uh, Sri Lanka... No pool too furious um, when, when, they, when they were mad about not having a swimming pool. That was in there. Uh, Shakib Al-Hassan's sh- handshake of death with the uh, corporate official who hung on to him for grim life. That was, uh, that was in there as well. But the winner from pool two, Kulbadeen Naib, his outstanding over against England. Oh, good. In which Owen Morgan hit him for six, hit him for six again, took a single. He had Joe Root caught it long on. Owen Morgan hit him for a third six after having regained the strike and then got out. Two for 19 off the over, Gulbadine. Lovely bowling. Brilliant. Love that. And uh, what's done well in group three? What's behind door number three? This one was a very tight one. Dimith Karina Ratner carrying his bat. Um, got a bit of love, but not all the love. Uh, Nick Toovey, who came up with the alternate version of to get rid of net run rate by doing a DLS. He was running a, I would say a grassroots campaign, but more an AstroTurf campaign, <laughs> trying to whip up votes for himself, I think. I saw a lot of action on Twitter. <laughs> he got my vote as well. He did well on Facebook too. He nearly got there. With 41, it was almost a tie. Oh, so, it was, no. so it was 241 in the tie today, and he was on 41% oh. with, uh, with his net run rate solution. And on 42%, and the gold medal placing in the final word Hall of Fame, Demeth Karuna Ratner's pool party. Whee! When they toppled England <laughs> after spending a week in the pool, and they came out and played like demons to knock off the eventual World Cup champions. How good does it feel to be Sri Lanka? You beat the champs. They're pretty much the World Cup champions <laughs> by default. Pool party. Pool party. I love that. I love so much that the man who we've backed in throughout. I really hope he keeps playing one-day cricket. I really hope we get a chance to talk to him on the final word at one stage or another so that we can present him with his prize, which will work out closer to the time. Yes, uh, and, and I hope that the recording today isn't too full of wind and loudspeakers oh, it and will people be. in the background. I think it will be. It's probably but, time for me to wrap it up, that oh. being the case. See you, Super. Just phenomenal support. Thank you so, so much to Peter Little and his team for backing us in as they did last year when we were in the UAE. Um, they are the super fun to hit up cbussuper.com.au to hit your retirement for six and they're back with us for the Ashes and that's just wonderful news as well. More to the point, our listeners, our supporters, our followers, the amount of passion around this podcast on the internet over the last 46 days has been utterly humbling. Um, we've had a, a true magnificent time uh, being behind the mic each day. Sometimes we were exhausted. Sometimes we were in cars, on trains, in buses, yep. sitting on street curbs, on cricket grounds, any number of places. And no matter where we were, no matter how tired we were, you backed us in anyway. So thank you so much for that. And uh, our production company, Bad Producer, Jay Mueller, got up at 4am every morning to edit this podcast and put it out for Amazing. you. So 
so you could have it on the train. Round of applause to him. And Astrid Edwards spent who knows how many hours building the website, finalwordcricket.com. So you can go there and find out. We'll, we'll try to keep that updated with what we're up to. And if you like what, you're doing, what we're doing and you want to th- throw us a few bucks for an episode, you can go to patron.com slash the final word. It's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the final word this has been the final word world cup daily day 46 adam collins and jeff lemon if you want a daily app there's one coming up tomorrow would you believe it's a recap of the world cup which we got in the that's can on saturday that's a weekly that's a weekly which we did I, yesterday i can't because believe this is over i can't <laughs> believe the daily's over but the weekly will continue and uh, It'll get, and as will the daily again on thursday again thanks to everyone it, it's been an amazing experience we're just chuffed that the final lived up to... Well, it didn't live up to it. It exceeded all any realistic expectations. You could not... This, if, Yeah, this is an unrealistic script. It's, it's not plausible. It's not feasible. It couldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. And yet it did happen. A lovely place to leave it. It's been the best. Good night from Lords. We'll talk to you tomorrow and then again in a couple of days. See you next time. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.